Welcome to The Journey, a podcast series by Christ Life Ministries, focused on renewing, restoring, and equipping leaders. Well, hello. My name is Greg. I'm the director of Christ Life, and it's so good to be back with you. The sun is out. It's a beautiful day. Spring is in the air. What a beautiful Michigan afternoon. And this is The Journey podcast series. And what we're doing with this podcast is providing a simple place to have conversations about renewal and restoration and the working of God in our lives and and really how to access that working. Uh, the, The plan that God has for all of us to experience the freedom that leads to loving with all that we are, engaging Him dynamically, being used by Him in this generation in the way that He designed for us to be used. And and really, we need to put on our track shoes today. We've got a lot going on. I'm going to spend just a few moments doing a 10,000-foot view of where we've been in this journey so far. This is the third uh, podcast installment. Uh, but first, I'm going to pray. God, we acknowledge your presence everywhere we go. Psalm 139 tells us that you're near, that you're present, that you're all around us. You're all around me right here in the studio. And you're all around each one of the people who are going to be listening to this podcast. And I'm asking right now in this moment for you to pour out your grace on us. You're the only one that can change your life. And you love to use circumstances in life to draw us near to you. And so we just surrender ourselves. We offer a confession of surrender. Come and have your way. Accomplish your will in these moments that we have to share together. And we trust your plan is way better than our own plan. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we launch forward again, Put on your seatbelt. We've got a lot to cover today. But first, let me do a little recap of where we've been. We started in podcast one with one basic principle that's crucial for us to move forward into renewal and restoration God's way, and that is expectation. We've got to have God-sized expectations for the renewal process. Number two, we talked about lenses, that we don't see the world as we as it is, but we see the world as we are. We're looking through all our past experience and using it as a grid to interpret the here and now. Number three, we talked about the structures of healing, that unprocessed wounds will lead to distorted perspectives. Distortions create disruptive emotion, and disruptive emotion perpetuates dysfunctional lifestyle choices. If you want more information, if you're new to the podcast and want more information, more investment in those areas. Just go back to podcast one and two. But today we're going to continue our journey by talking about the phases, the three phases of healing. We're going to talk about a practical way for you to begin investing in understanding the actual content, what's beneath the surface of your own life. And uh, then we're going to talk about a, a real important aspect of healing, which is all about delineating between false identity and true identity. So let's get going. The three phases of healing. 
God, as he's working in our lives, works in many different ways. But here are three real clear ways that I regularly see God using, uh, three aspects of the, the renewal process that God uses to transform a life. The first, if you're taking notes, is awareness, that God gives us keen, ever-growing, dynamic awareness of the brokenness that we have in our past that's creating dysfunctional lifestyle patterns in our living. And what he'll do is he'll allow us to reflect back and see those realities, often in the confines of a triggering moment, a moment where, like I said in, in episode one, we're responding at a 10 when it should be a two, and, and we have the, the, the mental faculties, the ability to actually look at ourselves in that moment and say, why am I responding so big when this in actuality is a rather small issue? It's when we dig underneath those awareness moments that we realize, wow, okay, there's brokenness in my life, unprocessed wounds that are still playing, playing out in my life as an adult. That awareness is a beautiful thing. Now, the problem is, is that most of us, if you're like me, I spent a lot of my years trying to shove that awareness down because I thought that that brokenness was doing nothing other than interfering with my ability to be effectively used by God, which is just so cross the grain or counter to the way that God works. He gives us awareness for a reason, and it's because he's highlighting the areas that he most wants to move into and heal. And so when we close those doors, when we turn our eye, when we disconnect emotionally from, from the damage that we have deep, buried deep in our lives, we're actually turning our eyes or closing the door to God's intervention and help. We don't want to do that anymore. So the first aspect of healing that we wanted to invite God to begin or continue doing in our lives is that work of awareness. Really, the question is, what will we do with the awareness that God chooses to bring? Will we run away from it or will we use it as a means to moving farther, moving deeper in relationship with him. The second aspect, this awareness will, will lead to the John 16 counseling work of the Holy Spirit. That, that when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, one of the primary roles that the Holy Spirit, he promises the Holy Spirit will play, is to lead us into all truth. Now that truth obviously has to do with God's word, has to do with all sorts of different aspects of life, but we would be, I think, nearsighted. We'd be foolish to, to not assume that that truth also has to do with the brokenness that perpetuates the sin patterns that we live in in life. We'd be foolish to not think that God, through the inner working of the Holy Spirit, would not be totally committed to bringing processing to unprocessed wounds in our lives. Well, what does that mean? It means that he comes in, he draws near, and counsels us regarding areas that need his investment for us to get free. If you have tremendous damage that happened to you as a five or six-year-old, 
God's not going to change that history, but what he's committed to is changing our perception or our the way we think about all that happened. And that, that really is life-changing. When I all I have to lean on is a distortion that comes from my unprocessed wounds. Guaranteed, you're going to be having all sorts of malignant or disruptive emotion regularly uh, in your life. What God wants to do is provide the processing that we never received in our areas of brokenness, and in doing so, we'll experience distortions dislodged, dis disruptive emotion dissipate, and the tendency to, to, to move towards or gravitate towards uh, dysfunctional lifestyle choices diminish drastically. So again, the two, the two of the three phases of healing that we've talked about are the awareness work of God in us and what we should do about it, the John 16 counseling work of the Holy Spirit, God's totally committed to it. <laughs> just, just allow that hope to grow in your heart. He's totally committed to counseling you through your brokenness. And uh, if you'll just allow him to do that. But here's the most important aspect that we haven't talked about. And that is that, that this awareness work and the counseling work of the Holy Spirit really have one end. And that end is the third phase of healing. And that is John 15 abiding relationship. That God will bring awareness and his counseling work really to the measure that we allow it to form dynamic, deep relationship with him. He wants us to know him. And like John 15 so clearly portrays for us, he wants us to be these branches filled with the life-bringing sap, if you will, of the Almighty that produce fruit according to God's own will and God's own timing to God's own glory. That's his will. He wants that to be rich relationship, not just a quote-unquote quiet time, not just a, hey, I'm going to talk to God for a couple minutes while I'm taking a shower, and then I've got to hit it. I've got a busy day ahead of me. Or it's not a small chapter of, of Scripture couched between Fox News <laughs> and coping down a cup of coffee. You see, in many different ways, we reap what we sow, don't we? If we have an intense fixation on chaos, the difficulties, and the tumult of life. Our lives are going to be filled with darkness. We're going to talk about that later in future podcasts. But if we would take the time to stop and engage the living God, allow him to lift our gaze onto him, guess what? Things begin to change. Do you get it? Awareness and the John 16 counseling work of the Holy Spirit are designed to lead us into John 15, deep, abiding relationship with a living God. We've got to make time to go there. Outside of making time to be with God, we just will be focused on everything but God. There's no abiding relationship outside of making time to abide. <laughs> In fact, all of the, the abiding, the remaining, actually comes online as we just take the simple step of, carving out time. Maybe it's getting to bed earlier. Maybe it's just taking something that you normally do as your rhythm in life in the mornings and cut it off for a season. In fact, we've often said that to start something, you often have to start by stopping. 
<laughs> you got to stop the thing that's interfering with the thing, engaging the things that are most important in life. You know, the funny thing is that what you'll find as you're engaging God not to get, uh, not to somehow uh, uh, get stronger so that you can perform more effectively, but just to be with him. Like a weaned child, David says, against its mother's bosom is my soul within me. That's that's the man who, or the woman who desires to come to God to rest, to relinquish control, and not to try to get in order to perform and gain approval. That's that's at the heart. That's the center point of abiding relationship with God, and that's what he's calling us to. Now, the funny thing is that when we engage God just for the sake of engaging God, what we find is that he tends to continue to confirm and push deeper into the good soil of our hearts, Luke 6, the the work that he's been doing outside of the abiding time that we're setting aside for him. So it's like a one-two punch, man. You get two for the price of one. <laughs> you come just to be with God and rest, and what you find is confirmed, pushed down, even made more dynamically true and powerful and real in your lives. I hope that makes sense to you. Let's just transition to our next point now. So anyone who works with Christ's life will begin their awareness work uh, with an experiential. And the experiential really has is focused on a, a, a specific segment of their lives, a, an era of their lives. It's between three, two and three years old and 12. And, and the reason why we go there is because a portion of the brain is not online uh, during that that era of our lives. It's called the hippocampus, and the hippocampus does many things. But one of the things that it does is helps us understand individual events in light of the overall narrative of our story. So, for example, if a five-year-old kid walks out of the front door of their home and sees a dog tied up next door, goes over to pet it, and it gets bit, that child at five might walk away saying, all dogs are bad. I'm staying away from all dogs. (laughs) And on the other hand, if you are 15 or 16 years old, you might walk over, pet the dog, get bit and say, hey, dog, all dogs aren't bad. I've got a number in my life that I really love. Aunt Lulu's poodle, (laughs) our golden retriever. But this dog is bad. See, that's that's a functioning. That's a function of the hippocampus in part. It's helping us understand that event in light of the whole of your story. Well, that's not on board online completely until probably 12, 13 years old. And so, as you can imagine, if there are damaging events in a person's life that are happening at 3, 4, 5, 10 years old, and there's no one to help that person process through those unprocessed, those, those wounds, more than likely, they'll turn into distortions. So let's wade right into this experiential. What you'll want to do is get a blank piece of paper in front of you. It could be eight and a half by 11 or bigger and draw an upside down triangle uh, in the middle on the left hand side, the left hand upper point of that triangle. Just write your mom's name Uh, on the right hand upper point of that triangle. Write your dad's name on the bottom point of that triangle. Write your name. Now, if you were raised without a parent in a foster scenario, your history doesn't affect the effectiveness of this awareness experiential. You'll just need to plug in 
people who have played those parenting roles in your life. And maybe there's some of you who haven't had someone play a parenting role in your life. You just want somebody who's a place, the most significant people in your history in those roles. And you can do all sorts of awareness work or processing work with using those people instead of a biological mother or father. So the, the first thing that you need to do is just do spend some time quiet considering what your mom brought to your dad. It's not what mom brought to you right now, but it's it's considering what did mom bring to dad? I mean, was she a good homemaker? Was she a career person? Did she wear the pants in the family? Was she emotionally stable? Was she an emotional roller coaster? Did she suffer with depression? Did she was she a good caregiver? Was there public uh, affection in the home? Those are the types of things that you want to get down. How did she interact with your father? That's super important. Don't make the mistake of of slipping past their interaction and getting to how they interacted with you. That's coming up. After you're done, you feel like you've you've exhausted <laughs> or ran out of time related to what mom brought to dad. Now flip the coin. What did dad bring to mom? Was he a tyrant? Did he was he overdomineering? Was he passive? Did he provide financial security to the family? Was he loving? Did he care about mom? Was there a divorce in the family? Those are the things that you want to get. But again, it's directly between mom and dad and dad and mom. Now, after you're done with that work, drop down to the lower portion of the triangle. What did they bring to you? And again, it's really important for you to not only get the positives, but also get something things down that are potentially unprocessed messaging and unprocessed wounds in your life. Was there an un, incessant need to perform? Was there this sense in your home that, that things needed to, to look perfect on the outside even though they weren't on the inside? Did you feel like your parents were uninterested and uncaring? Did you get very little emotional interaction from your parents? Did you have somebody that that interacted with you in an unhealthy way, an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent that where there might have been abuse at one level or another? See, what you're looking for are, are uh, the epicenters of unprocessed wounds or unprocessed messaging in your life. I think you get the idea. We've spent enough time together that, that those things are still speaking at one level or another. In fact, if you even took it from a different direction and looked at the diff- many different ways that we, we have 10-2 reactions in life, you can trace those right back to unprocessed wounds more often than not. So again, the more time you spend in this awareness experiential, the more opportunity there is to understand brokenness, that really how the structures of healing play themselves out in our lives. There's a tool that we've placed on our website. It's actually from the Journey Leader's Guide. The Journey Leader's Guide is a tool that we've created to help people who have navigated through their renewal and restoration uh, with Christ's life to know how to confidently take that experience out into their spheres of influence. So we've taken this awareness exercise and lifted it out of that document and we have it available to you. You can find it, again, on our website, ChristLifeUSA.org backslash blog. <laughs> Let me make sure I've got that right. It's ChristLifeUSA.org backslash blog. 
you'll find it there. Now, again, it's written for leaders who have already gone through this renewal and restoration experience, but nonetheless, I think it'll be helpful. It might bring better clarity than I was able to bring in this segment. It might bring all the pieces together. So I've just looked at the time. <laughs> and man, oh man, where does the time go? Uh, we're just running super long. And so we'll hold the delineation portion back for next week. I don't want to rush that. We got all the time in the world to journey together. It's been so good being with you. And it gives me such joy to think that God could be working in your lives as we're uh, engaging this journey of renewal and restoration together. God, just do it. It's all you working. We're so excited that you're for us, that you're working with us, that you're uh, the encouraging and kind God that you are. And we just bow our hearts before you now. Take us. Draw us near to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's been so good being with you. See you next week.